Warning, the following program is not for the weak-hearted. Those who are closed-minded, or in general, you're scared to learn what's behind closed doors. Here at Sapphire's Airplay, I want you to pour the wine. Grab somebody that you want to hold on to, or better yet, get the vibrations stimulated through your body. Get ready for one hell of an orgasm in five, four, three, two. One. Well, what is up, all my sexy motherfuckers out there in Radio Land, as well as my monsters in the moan chat? Welcome, welcome to the first of possibly three, yes, three episodes of Horny for Horror. So it is Kinktober. Some of y'all are calling it Locktober. I call it Kinktober because Halloween is when the kinky and the freaky and the ghostly all come out to party. So as I did put it in the chat, this episode might be a little triggering for those with the kinks and fetishes express. You have been warned, but I want you guys nonetheless to enjoy the orgasms because I want to get down to the spooky and the freaky, but I also do want to talk about some terrifying sexual fetishes out there that is not for everyone that definitely needs to be expressed and talked about though, because sex is fine. Okay. If y'all don't like sex, I'm sorry. You know, that's that's on you and shout out to my asexuals because sex is not their thing but sex should always be done in a safe and fun environment and there are such things when kinks and fetishes do go wrong and there are some kinks and fetishes out there that definitely need to come with a warning label so I definitely want to talk about that but let's get into the fun side and of course you know like always if you guys want to join the chat just be known that it is going to be recorded, which I'm hitting the record button right now. So everybody in this chat, if you do want to raise your hand, you are consenting to be recorded, not just for the Moan chat, but also for Sapphire's Earplay. This episode will be online on Sapphire's Earplay on all streaming platforms immediately after the Moan chat. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome all my Moansters. Let's talk about some Halloween fetishes out there. Some of these are kind of crazy. Some of them, I even had to be like, wait, this is such a thing? But here we go. Spectrophilia. This is the fetish of people who are sexually attracted to and get sexually aroused by ghosts, spirits, and other specter images in mirrors. So raise your hand if anybody out there would love to just get fucked by a ghost. And if so, throw up in the chat, what ghost would you want to haunt your bedroom? It could be, you know, fictional. It could be non-fictional. If you can ask any summonizing of demons and ghosts from the past, what ghost would you want to come in your bedroom? Personally, for me, I would love the ghosts of James Dean, Marilyn Monroe, Jimi Hendrix, hell, Jim Morrison. I, I want those motherfuckers haunting my bed. Please and thank you. If I got fucked by the ghosts of James Dean, Marilyn Monroe, Jimi Hendrix, hell, Janis Joplin, all those in my bedroom, I'd die a happy woman. I wouldn't be scared. I, I would love to have, you know, death by orgasm, if you will. If those ghosts come in my bedroom and give me the just fuck of a lifetime, please, yes. Ooh, Gina Gershon from Bond. Yes, from Bound. Great fucking movie. Great epic Yes, real ghosts or fictional suit and tie. Tupac, Chesty, hell yes. I'm ready. I'm willing for it. You know what? Dare I say, Biggie Smalls, 
Cause you know, like that 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 motherfucker got some pussy. So that means his dick game was strong. But I know Tupac would be just like the ghost of Tupac. That's a sexy ghost to just have an encounter with. In period, just like smoke with, fuck everything. Rita Hayworth, I love that. I love that. Barbara from Beetlejuice. Oh, oh, y'all throwing up some good choices right there. So yes, people getting sexually aroused by ghosts. Have at it. Have at it. And if you really want to get, you know, kinky and freaky, bring the ghosts to the bedroom yourself. You know, there's ghostly costumes. I've seen them. The little ghost with the dick out or the, the pussy flap, you know. If you can't, like, emulate your own real ghost and you don't want to bust out the Ouija board, fuck it. Make a ghostly party of your own. Cut a couple sheets, open a few holes, and then, woo in the bedroom. <laughs> okay, so for those who are new to the chat, this next one, I am deathly, deathly afraid of clowns. In fact, the reason why my voice is still raspy is because last weekend... My man and I, we went to Not Scary Farm and to get to one of our favorite rides, which I also shit my pants on called Supreme Scream, you have to go through a clown zone. And these clowns weren't just, you know, walking up and scaring me, you know, with their fake knives, but they were coming on stilts. They were, you know scraping around on the floors and dare I say some of these clowns actually looked fucking hot that's what pissed me the fuck off too it's like I'm deathly afraid of clowns and here I am getting sexually aroused all of a sudden by clowns so if you ever find yourself sexually aroused to clowns you might experience chorophilia which is the sexual attraction to clowns, mimes, and gestures. In fact, back in 2016, Pornhub saw a 213% increase in clown-related searches during Kinktober of 2016. So clown porn is in. I don't get it. I mean, to each their own. Have a little clown. There you go. <laughs> Gibby the clown. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> Gibby the clown. I don't know. It's just like clowns scare me it's the fact that you can't see their face and okay Gibby the clown is a porn star I I just can't I just can't imagine having sex with a clown I don't care how big the dick is I don't care how you know delicious the titties are clowns are just not sexy and then when you add the scary clowns from like killer clowns from outer space Pennywise the clown the fact that spirit Halloween has a sexy Pennywise the clown that's not sexy. No, Pennywise is not sexy. I, I just, I don't see it. And I know some women out there and some men who are like, I would love Tim Curry's Pennywise to fuck my holes. I don't get it. So if you are attracted to clowns, like please pop up in the chat, raise your hand. I, I need somebody to explain why somebody is sexually aroused by clowns. Now, there's also, you know, the joke of clown face where a girl's on her period. She sits on her face and, you know, the rest is history. But there are people who are just absolutely sexually turned on by clowns to each their own. I just I can't get down with it. Joker. OK, Simone, which Joker, though? And feel free to raise your hand if you would like, because Heath Ledger's Joker. Yes. Cesar Romero's Joker, absolutely not. Now, the animated back in the day Joker, yes, there's something just sadistic. In fact, 
I did have a little Pornhub night where I was watching an animated uh, version of Harley Quinn, Joker, and Poison Ivy in a three-way. And it was actually kind of hot. Joker was well hung and Harley, Poison Ivy were all going down on the Joker's dick. And I was like, okay, I'm oddly turned on by this. Animated porn usually doesn't do it, but definitely got my rocks off. I think I squirted a little bit just, you know, but again, it's just clowns in general. When I think clowns like Barnum and Bailey or even just like these scary clowns during Halloween, I'm like, there's nothing remotely sexy about these clowns. These clowns are fucking maniacs and they will kill me. If I'm going to have my death in a, in a horror movie, it's going to be by clowns. Just flat out. Just cannot do it. <laughs> I'm not slowly becoming attracted to clowns. No, Chesty. Please don't put that on me. <laughs> Please don't put that on me. I really, no. I really just, no. Like... I, you know what? The search should just come up here and just explain to you like how scared I was. I'm going to post up some videos of me running from clowns, but I, I kid you not. I think I peed my pants a few times because the clowns on the stilts just mm-mm, no. And the fact that they were chasing me and they were just like swarming like, you know, flies on shit to me. They smelled my fear and they just fed off of it. No, I, I just couldn't. I almost ate shit a few times running from these clowns. I just can't do it. So clowns, mm, no, 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 no. I can't do it. I can't do it, y'all. I just can't do it. Another one. Hemotolonglia. Uh, long, longnia? Long, okay, basically, this fetish is, um, is something that I have definitely talked about earlier this year with the Hornet for Horror. I am attracted to blood. I get sexual arousal when seeing blood on camera. Uh, I do not scream. I absolutely love a good massacre. There's something about horror movies and the way that a kill scene is done is so erotic where I just get very, very turned on. By far this year, one of the, my most favorite horror films this year that got released was A24's X. So if anybody has not seen X, which is A24's latest new series that's coming out, um, they're wrapping up with the final series, Maxine. Pearl was just released. But X is about a bunch of porn stars who get trapped on a couple's farm, Texas Chainsaw uh, Massacre style, and they just get the most amazing kills. But one part in the scene... I don't want to ruin it, but there's just one kill scene where the old woman takes this man and basically seduces him into a dance to Don't Fear the Reaper. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's that point where you can't tell if she's going to let him go or is she going to try to fuck on him. And instead, she seduces him and kills him and decapitates his head with some like searing knives and the way she just takes in this man's body upon the kill like she's physically visually getting sexually aroused by penetrating this man's skin over and over again to the point of death and it was great and I I just I couldn't handle it I I literally had a little orgasm and a little orgasm in my chair XMC like the letter X so X is the one that you need. Simone Savage says, I don't really care for horror films. I don't like to be scary like that. I don't know. 
honestly, for me, fear and the act of getting scared is just like, I, I love to get scared. I love getting scared because it taps into a sexual arouser for me. And if I'm going to do anything and pay in a certain amount of money, you know, I don't want to just like pay to get laughs. I can get laughs at home. I can get laughs on my regular basis. But to pay to get like scared and you're with a partner, to me, the sex just gets way more heightened because you're clawing all over your person or people and it just taps in. It's like there's that anticipation where you know something's coming, but you just don't know what. And my body just kind of like flutters, almost like with the orgasm. My heart stops. I start to sweat a little bit. I may tinkle a little bit. And that tinkle, I'm talking about with squirting. But there's just something about the arousal of fear for me that just mm, taps in to just all my sensations. And then when you add a good horror film with a good kill, and you just see how passionate on screen. I'm not talking about real life murders. I'm talking about just purely on screen when you're watching a Jason film, a Michael um, a Michael Myers film, or even just watching Elvira, Mistress of the, in the Dark. Like all those movies tap into fear, but they all have a way of seducing their victims into a kill. When Michael Myers kills his victims, he cocks his head and he breathes really hard. Same with Jason, breathes really hard through that mask and he almost like has a little orgasm himself each time he's just penetrating the skin with his knives or whatever he can find, tying a rope. It's just, I don't know, it's just something about the art of horror that just turns me on so fucking hard. Now here's something that's a little crazy. Having sex with pumpkins. Pumpkin sex, I didn't understand it, but now I do. If you look at a pumpkin, when you go to the pumpkin patch this year and just look at the pumpkins and how they're shaped, some pumpkins are oddly shaped like penises. Some of them are oddly shaped like asses. And not to mention, it's a good sturdy hole. A hole. So I'm kind of jealous for these men who get to stick their dicks <coughs> in anything, especially a pumpkin. Y'all get the guts of the pumpkin and you can stick your hole in it. Now, somebody just threw up that sign like, what are you talking about, Saf? I'll tell you. A couple years ago when I was working at Vivid Radio, um, we did a Halloween edition of Masturbation Hour. And this guy called in and he's like, I love to fuck pumpkins. And I'm like, you're fucking lying. He was like, no, I'll show you. So he sent me a video of him and he just deliciously cut out the pumpkin put some panties on it and he was going to town on this pumpkin to the point where he hulk smashed that pumpkin and ejaculated all up in it and he was fucking it like it was a pussy just you know and he said it's just the texture thing it's the grooves the fact that it feels like a real life sex doll and I don't have to spend a thousand dollars on a sex doll and he's like yeah it gets a little messy you know with the pumpkin guts and all that but he's like, there's just this nice sensation that it almost feels like a pussy. And I'm like, I can't relate because I don't have a dick, but I could see what you mean. And just seeing this man passionately fuck an inanimate object for the you know joy of Halloween. I'm like, I get it, guys. I get why you want to stick your dick into anything. Anything could be represented as a pussy, I guess. But that by far was like the wildest thing was just seeing this man fucking a pumpkin 
smacking it like it was some ass. Even he like went down on it, literally like, you know, putting his mouth and tongue fucking the hole. I mean, he really just he loved his pumpkin. The motherfucker loved his pumpkin. He loved it. So have at it, y'all. Just make sure that you're not, you know, sticking your dick in your partner afterwards. Please wipe off all your pumpkin juices upon entering any other bodily orifice. Please and thank you. Okay, please, please and thank you. Vegan sex. <laughs> and I guess, you know, that just adds the the next level of pumpkin spice, if you will. Did I go too far? <laughs> And here's another one. Uh, dentrophilia, which is the love of trees and nature. So when you see an actual tree humper, every time I think about tree humping, I think of that movie Superstar from back in the 90s with Molly Shannon. And, you know, she loved to masturbate on a tree. So what better opportunity for your partner if you know they're into like nature and, and trees and whatnot? Dress like a tree and just have them climb your branches taller the better you know maybe a short little tree stump go ahead something's telling me that there is a dildo that is specifically meant for trees in nature i mean hell we've seen the wooden dildos from back in the day bring them back if you will you know dress it up in some poison ivy leaves if you want you know sans the poison ivy but there you go the love of trees dress up as a tree for for halloween and get your tree sex on i'm gonna butcher this last one Hisprophilia, hybristophilia, which is the sexual interest and attraction to those who commit crimes. Now, I'm not saying we all need to be attracted to serial killers and not to mention, you know, the latest one on Netflix that everybody has been talking about of trigger warning is the latest series, which is Monster of Jeffrey Dahmer. But there were people back in the day when the Dahmer killings were getting off, um, were underway, and people were sexually aroused to Dahmer and what he was doing. Just the same with Charlie Manson. So there are people out there who are oddly attracted and get off to those who commit crimes. Um, and again, I am not condoning any of this type of behavior, but there are people who get sexually turned on by, by crimes being done. And women are, in fact, still attracted to the Night Stalker. Yes, there are. Thank you, Mr. K, for that, because there are people that are high key attracted. And there's a reason why when you, you know, watch these little prison series or documentaries, if you will, and you hear about, you know, these prison guards that get panties, nude photos, jerk off videos. There are people who just have this very high sexual attraction to the bad boy, bad woman complex. But... That doesn't mean that you need to go and, you know, instigate your partner to commit these crimes. Commit a crime in the bedroom as a sexual fantasy, not in your real life, if you will, please. You know, role play out a crime scene. Don't actually physically go out and seek people who are a danger to society. Keep them as fantasies. So, yes, with that said, that's the uh, fun half, a little fun half of the Halloween fetishes. So if any, at this point, I am going to open up the floor if anybody would like to shout out their odd fetishes for Halloween. Any Halloween sex fantasies, desires, if you will. Raise your hand if you want. This is an open chat. 
Ooh, MC has shared something in the chat for us. Oh, we can't click on it. Goddamn. Ooh, my salt and pepper's daddy. Hey, hey. Hey, baby. All right, so lay it on me. What are you feeling right now? Man, okay, so I shared, the thing I shared was just, a, there's a graphic novel called Sex Criminals, and it's kind of like this couple, they find out, like, I think it's like whenever they have sex, they sort of stop time for everybody else so they can do crimes, and it's kind of fun. It's not really horny, you know. But, dude, yeah, I was thinking about, like, what if there was some sort of, you know, like, your kind of your trio of, like, your Freddie from, from Nightmare on Elm Street, Jason from Friday the 13th, and maybe, like, Hellraiser, and all they really needed was, like, a good fuck, you know? Well, I was going to say, the next Horny for Horror chat is definitely going to be Fuck, Mary Kill edition, so I want oh, people nothing. to bring those. But, yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen some of these criminals like whenever I'm watching the news and we see like those hot criminals like remember Prison Bay a couple years ago that yes. guy that was yeah. high key tatted from head to toe and mm. everybody was lusting and then there was like another Prison Bay but it was a female and I think yeah. she like chopped her 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 lover's penis off and people remember people were going after Lorena Bobbitt uh-huh. and thinking yeah. she was fine Dude, well, you know, uh, what's his name? John Wayne Bobbitt, like, he did a porno later. Yes, he did. That's right. He sure did. And didn't um the Buttafucos... Um, Probably. Joey or one of them. Or what was the girl's name? Amy Fisher. Amy Fisher, yes. She I be- did. Yes. Yeah, she, she did a porn run for a while. So people do get off on that bad boy, bad girl complex, which is fine and dandy, but keep it in the bedroom. Not in your real life. Like, don't purposely go seek out somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, who's going to be a menace to society. Like, my horror girls and I, we... Now when I think about it, I was like, ooh, that was really fucked up of us. But we had thought about what if we created a, you know, sex game where we would have the penises or pussy shots of all the criminals from the past. <laughs> and make it like okay. you know one of those like monthly subscription boxes yes that would be so like you could kind of do well you know how you could do it it's sort of like a um like imagine so if it was like a monthly like your criminal of the month and you don't actually have like amy fisher or whoever or like okay you know another like just super sexy incredibly evil have you ever heard of elizabeth bathory yes Yes. Like the Countess of Blood. Yes. The one who was um, based off of on American Horror Story. Kathy yeah. Bates' character. Yes. Yeah, but just like, you know, something like that is, is like, can you, so you say, imagine it was like, so, so this month you do a Photoshop of like, you know, super hot bay just dripping with, you know, fake blood and, you know, like she does kind of, like she has to eat the blood of the young nubile. <laughs> you know, but it's like kind of more sexy and stuff like that. So you do like one of those a month or then the next month you do like some kind of, you know, it's like a reenactment of some hot criminal. Like, you know, you do, um, who was that? Like a gangster guy from the 30s, kind of like Bonnie and Clyde. I was going to say, Bonnie and Clyde get a little orgy scene going on, like oh, riddled with bullets yes. in the car or you get, um, yes. you re you redesign the St. Uh, Valentine's Massacre. But except yes. it's like, instead of, you know, people getting shot up, just people getting cummed on yes. and just like it's sprawled like a- out on the steps. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. MC, we and might have something what? going on, baby. 
Like, no, no, no. And I love, like, sort of thinking about it, like, you know, say, like, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Like, you could do it. Like, the big gay fucking, like, a big gay gangster orgy thing, you know? Oh. There's all these guys, like, jerking off on each other. Uh-oh. So, MC, we've been corrected. Um, mm-hmm. Suit and Tie has said that Elizabeth Bathory is a medieval countess. Well, you know what, Suit and Tie? You should have just came up here. You acting like you can't come up on this. That, was, right that was the one I was talking about. Okay. Oh, okay. Then who is the one that I was thinking about that Kathy Bates was based off of? He said that was Delphine LaLaurie. Thank you. So he knows all the stuff, man. He's like up to... He is, yeah, he is my history guru when it comes to that. Not to mention, That's he's real. been to Nolens, and I'm very, uh-huh. very high-key jealous. Uh-oh. You know, I think, like, I think I need to go to, no, because the last time I went to New Orleans, I went with my family, you know, and we were still, like, super Baptist at the time, but mm-hmm. I think I need to go now and sort of involve myself in the voodoo and the, you know, sort of the more sinful aspects of the swamplands kind of a thing. That's what I want to do too. Like I want to go, when I go to New Orleans, I want to, I want to just experience the voodoo. I want to do like a haunted tour. Like mm-hmm. there's even some haunted tours here in LA that I have yet to do. Like I, um, there's a Black mm. Dahlia uh, murder tour that you can take of all oh, the, man. yeah, like I really want to do it. And welcome to the stage suit and tie and Miss Deidre. <laughs> Um, can you hear me? Yes, I can, baby. Did you want some clarity real quick? Yes, my... please. Give me some fucking clarity. <clears throat> um, Delphine Lullerie was a really awful, like, historical person. She was a white slave owner who uh, basically liked to perform uh, amateur vivisection and surgery and... Uh, do all, play like Madame Frankenstein with her slaves, and w- right before they caught her, she fled to uh, Paris and was never caught. Um, Elizabeth Bathory was a—I don't remember the exact time period, but I think it was in the 1300s. Uh, she was a countess who was renowned for basically uh, torturing the young girls who worked for her. Um, She would leave them out in the cold, standing, like dump them, basically like soak them in water and then leave them out in the freezing cold to freeze to death. She would drain their blood. And most of that was apocryphal because no one was actually able to catch her in the act. So some of it is historical records and there's a lot of controversy around her that it may have been just slander because she was a female landowner in that time period as opposed to Delphine Lollery where there is like actual proof because they went into the house after she had run away and she had most of them still chained correct I remember that one there were a lot of a lot of people that she had tortured were still chained up there Um, the reason that they caught it was because there was a fire um presumably one of the people that she had imprisoned had escaped and started a fire to set that to burn the entire place down Mm -hmm. and when the fire truck showed up they broke in found all these people chained and tortured um and by that point uh, delphine and her husband had fled and there we have it so we're life scary 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 stories in in history and not just like history of America, but history of the world. Because when you think about some of these murders that have ever happened, there have always been some sort of sexual gratification behind it. Which, to me, the human psyche is always interesting when, in, 
you're taking these real life horrors to the next level. So again, I'm going to reiterate Kinktober and when you're acting out in these fetishes and these, you know, kinks, you're gaining a sexual gratification, but you need to first remind yourself that these are fantasies. Okay. I don't want people to take these fantasies to the next level where you are committing serious bodily harm in which some of the ones that I will be listing actually do cause physical harm and they need to be said as a precautionary. So if you're with me, please stick around. Uh, Miss Deidre, welcome to the stage. Hi, I was going to jump onto what he was going to say. Um, I have a friend years ago um, who did a project on crazy kings and queens through the history. And um, she often got things, and I think it may still be up, but it's all these kings and queens all around the world. And a couple of them were, you know, kind of sexual sadists and things like that. And she always got more and more emails about, tell me more about this one. Tell me more about that one. So there are people who are actually into that whole history, um, like the start of, um, uh, I guess it would be kind of like a, a kink at BDSM kind of, kind of, Thing where like the Spanish Inquisition, the things like that that really get involved in. Oh, absolutely. Want to know more information about? Yeah, please. I mean, I would love some more information. I'm always, I'm a sucker for learning. So please, if you guys ever feel like there's something that you want me to learn or like you want to share, links are always provide. Like, please slide in my DM anytime because I, I feed off of that. But thank you. Is there anything that fear like you fear? Deirdre that oddly turns you on I won't say fear but I would say that a big turn on are women villains oh Oh, and I really if she's more vicious it's like yes get them <laughs> get them <laughs> yeah, so I uh, so that that would be my turn on women, women villains so I, I like that I'm um, with it I I'm think one of my favorite ones is um, if anybody's ever seen it is Lena Olin and Romeo is dying, I believe. It's not Romeo is bleeding, but I believe it's Romeo is dying. She's so vicious. And it's just, I, I just like women villains. <laughs> I'm going to have to put that on my watch list. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. While we're on the villainous, one of my latest villainous that I am absolutely turned on, and I never thought in a million years that I would actually sit through an anime start to finish, but Castlevania on Netflix, it ended just late last year. High key suggests everybody watches that show. First of all, not only do you get in like Castlevania is an old video game from the 90s, late or um, I would say 80s and mid 90s, but one of the characters, she is so fucking evil. This woman, you know, cries blood and she just tortures in almost a sexual way all of her victims. And by season four, she traps the man, if you will, into marriage. Meanwhile, she's just committing just like the most horrendous bloodbath I've ever seen in an anime High key just suggests watching that show, Castlevania on Netflix. Add that to your list. All right, should we get into some uh, some scary and freaky sides of kinks? Are you with? 
I, I guess y'all like throw up some hearts if you guys want to get into the scary sides of the kings. Are y'all ready? Are you ready to brace yourself? All right, here we go. Here we go. So some of these are kind of weird. Some of these are just terrifying flat out. First and foremost, I just want to make this very clear. SSC, safe, sane, and consensual. And rack, risk aware consensual consensual kink. Your sex play must meet these requirements, no exceptions. So please, if you are in the kink world, you need to know what rack means, what SSC means, and of course, fries, freely given, reversible, informed, enthusiastic, specific. Whenever you are going into the kink spaces, I really want people to stop going just on the fly. Please express to whoever is giving out any types of kinks and fetishes and playing them out in these scenes. Please go over it thoroughly. Check the background of, you know, the dom or the demina at hand of the pleasure that you are about to seek and have safe words. When people say I have no limits, everybody has a limit. Pain sluts even have their level of of limitations and a good dom at the hands of these pleasures will know, you know, not just verbal cues, but also, you know, body cues. And Switchboy, you are so welcome. Knew about Rack in SSC, not Fries. You are very, very, very welcome. But yes, everybody has their limits. So please, when you are carrying out these kinks and fetishes, I want to make it very clear that y'all need to just be very safe and ask the questions. Okay, I know that sometimes it could break away a scene when you're talking in the middle, but it's better that you know what you're about to get yourself fully into than going into a scene and not knowing what's going to happen. So without further ado, let's go into the first one. Autoerotic officiation. Now, little did many people know is that over a thousand Americans yearly find themselves Um, at the hands of erotic asphyxiation and dying. And this is mostly because of the fact that a lot of the times that people carry out autoerotic asphyxiation, they're mostly alone. And I do not suggest, if you are into breath play, if you are into choking, please do not practice any of these by yourself. Have somebody with you. Okay, because what happens is, is that we go too far. People push their limits and they are often seen as suicides. And most of the time they're not. It's not, you know, a person will say like my friend would never have committed suicide. But the problem is, is that we cannot justify when audio erotic asphyxiation is at hand of foul play. When someone dies at the hands of this, they cannot justify that the person did not intentionally want to kill themselves. So these are when the sex acts go wrong. So again, for people who like to have, you know, oxygen cut off during, you know, self-strangulation or at the hands of someone else, it does give off a euphoric high. But you need to be cautious of when that high is no longer a high and also when that high becomes a level of danger because half of the time people do pass out and they never wake up or they have later on long-term brain damage because the oxygen is being cutting uh, cut off from their brain 
Now, kinksters, do you know the risks of breath play? So that's why I say again, if you are going into breath play or any type of strangulation, that you have a partner that knows the social cues, that knows exactly where to pinpoint to choke. Because yes, there are pressure points in the throat, especially where you can break someone's neck and you can cut off the circulation to their brain. And there are ways to just get enough of that euphoric high, but not, you know, choking someone to the point of danger. Sometimes, you know, you cannot verbalize, I'm in pain. Or sometimes you might be, you know, restricted with your hands. That's why I say, you know, when you're playing with your partner, whoever is at the hands of this, you know, breath play, know the social cues. Look at your partner's body. Are they turning black and blue? Are they, you know, wiggling their hands and feet in a motion where, hey, this is no longer pleasurable? Look at their eyes. You know, don't just say, I know my partner. Sure, you may know your partner when they're not, you know, in this type of danger. And, you know, you get so carried away in a scene and you think that they're enjoying it. But you need to watch your partner's every move, especially when they are giving up that type of power. So please, please, please be responsible. Um, My sir is actually a, um, a practitioner of breath play. If you would like to step up real quick, if you can. If not, totally cool. I can take a quick pause. And if anybody would like to raise their hand on this too. Thank you, baby. Unmute thyself. Can you hear me? Yes. There's a weird thing with the headphones where when you bring me up here, it jumps out. (laughs) It's Um, all good. We should clarify that we don't do breath play. We don't. I mean, you do choke me. Uh, I don't do breath play on you. What I do is I apply pressure to the uh, arteries. And so it's a blood choke, which actually is a faster. um, It's a faster high. So because uh, depriving blood to the brain is easier than depriving oxygen. So it's faster and it's also uh, safer because if you damage the airways then you can actually hurt somebody but if you just choke off the blood for a little bit and then let go the blood immediately comes back so we don't actually do breath play we just do a different kind of choking and here this time i thought it was all breath play now can you elaborate on breath play for those who are not familiar one more time can you elaborate more on the breath play then um, <clears throat> like elaborate on what breath play is yes and then uh, MC wants you to elaborate on blood choke and air choke okay I have completely lost my ability to hear you um, hold on I'm gonna... just come in the room just come in the room <laughs> acting like we don't live in the same room I'm trying to give you your space in your studio. Well, bring yourself um, in. Bring yourself in the studio. All right, I'm here. Um, the mess. Can you hear? Me? Can you hear me? Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, just leave it. Leave it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, fix it. Um, 
the difference between blood choke and an air choke. Um, yeah. Uh, air play, like breath play is when you literally cut off someone's ability to breathe. Um, be it auto, uh, auto erotic association or sorry, or erotic. It's only auto erotic if you do it to yourself. Um, erotic asphyxiation is any type of like losing breath, like putting some people like to put plastic bags over their mouths or like, you know, while being uh, face fucked, you like pinch their nose so they can't breathe. And all of that is uh, aspects of BDSM and all of it is honestly pretty dangerous. A safer way to do it and still get the effect, like rather than wrapping your hand around someone's throat and choking off their airways, which is, you know, obviously like the trachea, your throat, where like you put the pressure in the front is instead to, um, if you put your fingers on either side of your neck, of a, your sub's neck, you can feel where the blood is pumping, like where the arteries are, you can feel their pulse. And if you apply, honestly, not very much pressure there, then uh, that's where the blood choke comes in. And that's where, um, when you apply the pressure there, that's where you'll give them like a slight high. That You're getting that same... BDSM high from uh, being controlled because it's cutting off blood to the ox to the brain. But as soon as you release it, the blood comes back as opposed to where you're cutting off the airway, because then you're struggling to cut off air to the lungs, which then has to get to the brain. And it's a lot more work for your body to do to get the high. And it's also more dangerous because you can crush someone's uh, airway and that needs like hospitalization. And without further ado, Mistress K. Um, I just also wanted to talk about how you had said that, you know, the consent and sexual and rack is so important. There is a lot of, um, there is a rise of choking that is happening where um, people are, see it in porn. And so there's, there have been reports where there is a rise of choking during sexual activity that was neither negotiated nor consented to. And then also people are choking and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So, you know, like your sir said, there are, there are ways to, I won't even say safely because this is an edge play style kink. There's always going to be an element of danger, but there is a way to mitigate the risks and play, but it is not something you should ever do unless you take a class. And there are plenty of classes. There are plenty of information out there. Um, Kink Academy is a good resource for breath play find your local dungeon who if they're into breath play dating kinky has had uh webinars free webinars on this so there's information out there to learn how to do this but like um like your sir said there are ways to do it where you are restricting blood versus restricting airway and if you're going to restrict airway, one of the things, one of the ways to mitigate the risk is to do a count and never go beyond three to five seconds of air restriction. Absolutely. That is one of the, that is one of the best ways. And, and you talk about like the, the difference in kind of breath play is choking versus smothering. Smothering is the, um, 
in a way the safer that's where you put your hand over mouth or nose or put something over mouth or nose but you want to always be able to see the eyes so that you have at least a way to kind of communicate where the person is still conscious because that's generally speaking you don't want to choke somebody into unconsciousness right um yes face sitting actually does classify as breath play because you can um you you can restrict breathing from face sitting um and that is something that i do when i practice face sitting with my partner is i do if i can tell i know when i'm restricting their breathing and i do a three second count and i never do it for longer than three seconds And that's why I also said, you know, when you're going into these types of acts, when you're, you know, giving up that pleasure to someone. So like when the sir and I do our choking because he does not, you know, smother me or as they say in the terms of pornography, airtight, which is covering all types of breathable holes. So your mouth, your nose, everything, plugging it up, um, if you will. That's why we say, you know, it's important to see the signs of like hand motions, feet motions discolorization of the body because all these signs not an amateur is going to know and thank you mistress k for lending out those resources with kink academy and dating kinky kinky because it is very much so that a lot of these cases as you were saying earlier with the rise of choking there was a case in the uk i want to say about two years ago where a woman unfortunately was murdered and it was because the um, the end game was rough sex was at play, but they could not classify that this man did not intentionally kill this woman right. at the hands of um, rough sex. So when you're doing these acts and you're asking people to choke, don't just ask anyone to choke you. Please yeah. ask what their experience is surrounding choking. And MC brought up a good point of um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. There are some martial arts and self-defense things where they teach you how to actually do that in a defensive way. And those skills can be transferred because, you know, one of the things that they do in in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is they tap out. You know, so that is a way to communicate during kink play is tapping. You know, if someone... That's something that I do with my partner mm-hmm. when we're engaging in breath play or choking. That's what is, I do myself. Is I tap. You know, if I if if I feel like I'm getting close to my limit and they haven't let up, which usually my partner reads me very well and they let up beforehand, but if not, I will tap. And as soon as I tap, they they release. Or if I'm just not feeling it, you know, I can tap out and just and then in the middle of the scene say, no, breath plays off the table today. You know, that we're choking's off the table today if I'm just not feeling it. That part. But don't ever, ever engage in breath play or choke play if you are altered because you're already having a reduced amount of oxygen going to your brain anyway. And so your reactions are not going to be as sharp. So that's another thing that I would say is, um, you know, please don't engage in breath play with anybody that's been drinking. Just please be smart out there. (laughs) Please, please. You know, while I have you up here, let's I want to get into this other one. That's a very common kink um, and fetish that people like to play with. But fire. okay? Mm. pyrophiliacs. That's the proper term are those who are 
getting turned on by starting fires or seeing an open flame. You know, some like it hot, if you will. You know, I get it. We've had before we get. Yeah. Before we get too far into it, I just want to one final thing. A lot of times people do like choking with objects, using scarves, using belts, using things like that. Don't if you are going to. And again, I recommend not doing that at all because less than three pounds of pressure to crush the larynx does not take much. But if you are going to engage in stuff, please do not tie it around the neck. Hold it in both hands and go over on either side. So again, it's never more than three seconds. But just for fuck's sake, don't do it in the first place. Don't. Do something and else. N- not to mention, I, I know Mistress Kay and I, we have always talked about this, but have surgical scissors on deck. Okay? Always. always. Okay, whether you're roping, choking, have the surgical scissors. Those are the ones that are almost like L-shaped, if you will. They're not your standardized scissors that you use in the kitchen or when you're, you know, doing arts and fucking crafts. No, these are surgical scissors that are like the jaws of life, if you will. And they're literally $7 on Amazon. Yes. Like there's no excuse not to get them. Zero excuse. Um, Zero excuse. So anyway, yes. continuing on, back to flaming on. Yeah. <laughs> so flame on, if you will. So yes, you got your pyromaniacs, which, you know, are the people that we see, you know, doing fire play, like in the circus and all that. But pyrophiliacs, again, we're talking about kinks and fetishes. These are those folks that get turned on by seeing or starting fires. Um you know, there's cotton play where somebody will light cotton on a partner's body. And that gives a sensation. Highly dangerous, by the way. Unless if you, again, all these things are things that can be taught. Please do not just go out and do, do not just go out and get a cotton ball and, you know, light it on your partner's body and expect the same reaction. No, there's specific types of cotton that you use in the bedroom that you can light on your partner. But again, take a class and not take just a take class. a class, take a series of classes for this. Yeah. Because even seeing- I've actually taken, I've already taken probably three different classes in fire play and I have yet to actually do any kind of topping in fire play because I'm just not there yet. I'm, I want way more education before I ever begin to top somebody in fire play and fire cupping and any kind of thing just because it's, it's again, it's a dangerous edge play style kink. And I will take, for me personally, I need a lot of classes before I even pick up uh, an instrument and, and attempt to start it. And even then it would be I would want to make sure that I have all of my safety things and know what I need to do it safely on standby. I will have a soaking wet towel sitting in a bucket of water. I will have, you know, I will make sure that my area around is flame resistant. I will have, make sure that someone has a wet towel over their head so there's no danger of me catching their hair on fire. Like there are just certain things that I would make sure that I do in preparation and until I know how to like how how what all I need to prep and until I've like done it under supervision there's no way I'm gonna start just up and do this absolutely because I care about not going to jail and I care about my my partner's safety (laughs) that and you know if I know that this was a a moan chat a couple weeks ago 
or maybe it was on uh, one of the Discord feeds that I am with some of the Monsters, but talking to some of these, you know, doms, if you will, and they were talking about, you know, I have clients that want to be left in dangerous situations, but, you know, I never just not have an extra set of keys or, you know, I don't have a timer set of like how long I'm leaving them. That's that's good protocol. Okay, it's fun to be caught in a sexual act and, you know, these fears and fetishes, you know, with fear play, if you will, and being left in, you know, total submissive darkness in a in a room, you know, tied to chairs and being locked in cages. And even with, you know, those in cuckoldry, you know, being caged can be dangerous. But also you have to make sure that whoever is at hand of this power that you're relinquishing knows what the fuck they're doing. And they're not just leaving you, you know, weeks on end, no food, no water, no access to a bathroom. Right. Like no matter how many times. And I know plenty of um, Dominas who have clients that are like, no, I, I want to be left a week. No, the you know, it's it's part of the 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 play if you will but they're not going to just leave them deserted for a week without access to simple basic needs right because it's far more dangerous when you're leaving your client or you're submissive out in these dangerous situations and the law is not going to be on your side and saying oh well this is just a sex thing no you've now caused bodily harm to somebody and now you are an endangered to society that's exactly how they're going to view you so whenever you are carrying out these these fetishes and kinks and this is why i wanted to incorporate it with kinktober because again halloween the month of october this is where you see a lot of these kinks and fetishes pushed to certain limits and people don't understand that it's no longer just a fantasy yeah so please be cautious and with Fireplay, um, again, there are so those those resources I mentioned, kinkacademy.com, Dating Kinky. They have done some Fireplay. They've got, I think, a weekend coming up in October where they're having a whole weekend series of webinars around fear and primal play. So there will be, there will be, you know, Forces on various aspects of fear-induced play, whether it's fire, choking, smothering, other aspects of kink, um, that'll be taking place, and it's going to be in October. So check out that. There are, if you go on Set Life, you can join different fire groups. Go and meet a month. Go to a lunch. Go to classes. Go to demonstrations at your local dungeons. You know there. Are ways for you to get the information and find out what equipment that you need to have safely like i have done i have bottomed in fire play before and it is actually feels really good and relaxing but it also if they weren't there and doing it safely it would hurt and it would burn me but what i had done was i had the batons done on me where basically someone took um fondue fork and they wrapped it in cotton and cotton gauze and soaked it in a rubbing alcohol mixture and lit it on fire and then ran that over my back and over my chest and then their hand their wet hand 
aim behind it to immediately smother the flame. So it's not me that is on fire, it's the alcohol that is left over on my skin, burning on my skin before it can actually cause pain. So there's this heat and it felt, for me, it felt like a hot stone massage. So it can be very pleasurable. I know we're kind of hyping up the fear and the safety aspect, but I also want to kind of, there's a reason why people are into this kink and it's because not only is it erotic and exciting, but it also feels good. But there is an element of danger there. You can get burned you can get hurt because it literally is flames on your body. So, but if you've ever, if anyone's ever licked their fingers and, you know, put out a candle, then you've felt the amount of heat that we're talking about. Yes. That's about the amount of heat that you should be feeling. You should not be in any way damaged from this. The idea is, you know, skating up to the edge but not going over it. And that's why I said everybody has their limits. When you're doing kinks and fetishes, everybody has a limit. So don't ever believe somebody when they say, no, I have no limits. No, you do have a limit. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a pain threshold. Even those who say that they don't experience pain, you will know when you're in pain. (laughs) Okay. Just read the fucking signs. So I don't, I'm running out of time, but I want to get into a couple other interesting fun ones. Did you yes, know that there's... I'm going to hop down as a listener and, okay. and go back to enjoying <laughs> lovely horny for horror that is happening. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. This one was kind of crazy. Climophilia is the sexual arousal of watching someone fall down a flight of stairs or falling down the stairs yourself. So again, please, please, please don't just throw yourself down a flight of stairs and say, oh, let me see if I can get my rocks off to this. Please don't. Um, high, highly, highly dangerous, please. Um, but again, if you got to think of it and you're looking down the stairs, and you're like, Some, there's somebody out there that's getting off to this. Yes. Um, again, when you're doing these practices, ask somebody on standby. Bring some padding, if you will. Wrap yourself in as, you know, bubble tape, something. Just don't just throw down your partner and see if they're going to like this. But there is a sexual gratification of being thrown down a flight of stairs. I I am very clumsy. I do not get off when I'm falling. I do not ever get off to any of the bumps and falls downstairs. And I have fallen down plenty of stairs. Never once did I cream myself. So there you go. Um, This one was kind of alarming for me, but, and I did not know that this was such a thing, but there is a fetish for people with limited mobility. And the, this is called uh, a basiophilia, which is the fetish for people with limited mobility and physical disabilities that helped create limited mobility. So those, you know, in wheelchairs or, um, you know, the fetishizing an amputee, all these things are very, very dangerous because first of all, disabilities is not something of a laughing matter. You know, there's somebody who is limited in what they're doing already. And most of the time, these people who are disabled cannot speak for themselves. So this is a very dangerous, ethically compromising fetish, if you will. So if you hear somebody say that they get off to people with limited mobility, you you might want to question that partner and their morals of why they want to get off to somebody who is limited in protecting themselves, if you will. 
it's very, 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 very alarm, uh, alarming for me. Um, there is the crush fetish. Now, some people try to associate this with face sitting, but this is for folks who get aroused by getting crushed or watching people crush small objects like cigarettes, cell phones. Then gets a little bit more extremist with insects, animals, even people. We've heard of chubby chasers. They have a type of crush fetish because they want to be smothered by the heaviest possible person. If any of you guys remember the show that used to be on Spike TV called A Thousand Ways to Die, there was an episode of a man who thrived on getting crushed by the most heaviest set women. And unfortunately, it sent him to his death because he thrived on having his partner, I believe at this point, be almost 600 pounds and smother him. And he would feed her in the sexual act and unfortunately this man was about 220 to a 600 pound partner and she crushed him eating and suffocating and he no longer could tell her hey this is no longer fun so again the crush fetish very alarming and again comes with the signs of knowing your partner. So please, please, please be careful when you are taking on these smothering types of fetishes to the next level or when you're feeding your partner endlessly so you can feel like the pressure and the amount of weight in their in their body expanding. Please know that this is also a very dangerous side of fetishing. Like food play is very dangerous. It can get very, very dangerous because you don't want to overly feed your partner. You know, you can crush their airways and, and such like that. So please be careful. Some other fetishes out there that are kind of crazy, but there is hysprophilia, which eroticizes activities like robbing banks, street racing. Again, it brings it back to the bad boy, bad girl complex. So you are provoking your partner to commit sexual, to commit very extreme, extreme crimes for your sexual gratification. You know, there are stories of street drag racers that were pushing the limits for their partner, having that hot girl in the in the ride because you want to show off of, you know, how far you can break the speed barrier on the streets or, you know, chasing and robbing banks for sexual gratification. Again, this is when the kink is no longer a fantasy and puts you and whoever else in danger ever seen a movie or ever heard of the movie Crash, and I'm not talking about the socially uh, aware Crash movie with um, Tandy Newton and Matt Dillon, but there was another one back in the 90s called Crash where a group of people were getting off to seeing car crashes. And I believe Holly Hunter was in it. It was 1996. But there is a fetish out there for where people get off to seeing accidents, tragedies, and natural disasters happen. And they call it symphorophilia. And it is quite a fetish that can kill you because again, you are putting yourself in danger or you are putting others in danger for your self-gratification. So people who stage car crashes, house fires, collapse bridges, natural disasters. Why are there people right now storm chasing those horrible storms in 
in Florida, some of these people might be symphorophiliacs. They get off to these natural disasters where people can naturally die. So again, all these things, these fetishes are in, should be only in your mind. Do not just go out and seek these dangers. Don't just go out and, you know, committing these crimes, if you will. But there are people out there who get off to watching car crashes. There you go. The world's a scary place, I guess. And last but not least, I want to touch upon this one. I had mentioned a couple weeks ago that I enjoy, um, if I'm asleep, my partner has permission, blanketed consent, to wake me with sex. But there is a fetish out there where you touch someone while they sleep, which can be a little alarming because you never know what can trigger somebody when they're sleeping. Um, Somniophilia is erotic arousal from intruding on a stranger, sleeping or waking someone up by touching them sexually. Consent cannot be given when someone is asleep. Please remember that consent cannot be given when someone is asleep. Now, I said that I give blanket consent to my partners, but it still makes my partners very uncomfortable if I am not verbalizing right then and there in a comatose state of sleep that they have the right to touch me. So this is why my fetish, my kink stays in the confines of my imagination. So no matter how many times I tell my partner it is okay for them to wake me with sex, they choose not to do so. It's also because I do have a history of night terrors. And what is the one thing that they tell you when you see somebody in bed experience a night a nightmare? You never wake them because you never know what their state of being in that dream is. So if someone's experiencing a nightmare or if you experience someone, you know, sleepwalking, you never wake them up. You guide them back to bed, guide them back to the couch, guide them back to where they were or let them have the night terror because of the fact of the matter is, is that you never know what can happen there. There have been tales. In fact, this was actually inspired. Um, there was a couple of cases back in the early 80s when um, Nightmare on Elm Street was in its production phase, but this inspired Nightmare on Elm Street was there were sleep deaths happening. People were sleepwalking and killing people in their sleep and had no recollection of committing the crime when they woke up. And Wes Craven and his team were inspired by these, you know, murders, if you will. And that's what, how we got, you know, Freddy Krueger, amongst other things. So again, somniophilia is the erotic arousal of intruding on someone, you know, when they're sleeping. High key, please do not, you know, do this. Ask for consent always. Blinking consent, if you will, but also just respect it. <laughs> and as my lovely suit and tie says... I walk into the bedroom and get ready for you to throw something at me, which I think has happened actually a couple weeks ago. Um, he was getting ready for bed and I was sound asleep and I thought somebody was literally coming into the into our house attacking. I had no idea Ben was coming to bed. I thought somebody was coming in the room to attack me. So again, this is why it is very dangerous to wake a sleeping person. Let them sleep. Let them sleepwalk and guide them back to where they need to be. Especially if you're going to pee in a closet because that has definitely happened to me. As a kid, I almost 
peed in a closet. And my parents just guided me back to bed and guided me to the bathroom and let me do my business. So please don't wake a sleeping. If a person is sleeping, do not wake them. No matter how turned on you get, give them that forewarning or, you know, talk about the consent before. But highly, highly do not suggest, you know, just slipping it to them in their sleep. I think we have time for one more. Um, and I'm just going to apologize to the men in this chat because it has to deal with your penis. There is a fetish. There is a fetish for ripping off your dick. Why would you want to rip off your dick? I don't understand it. But they call it endorassinous. Endorassism? Oh my God, I can't even say it. E D E R. A-C-I-N-I-S-M. It is the fetish of ripping your own cock and balls. That's just taking cock and ball torture to a whole different level. Um, You know, some opinions on the internet, it's very, very diverse. Some people call it professional and non-professional. Some say that it's less of a, of a fetish and more of a sexual impulse, um, you know, for intense sexual shame. Whatever it is, please, please, please. Please, please. Whenever, whenever I hear people who are in the cock and ball torture, you know, please don't just do it with anybody. I've heard too many horror stories and I'll never forget this again, bringing it back to my vivid radio days of a man who, you know, paid a woman five grand to stomp on his balls for three hours and he showed us pictures and I've never seen a ball sack look so alarmingly like, sir, you need to go to the hospital immediately. When I mean his ball sack was purple and I just saw numerous little dots of where her heel just dug into his ball sack. I just only pray that this woman knew what she was doing and was a professional and not just like some random woman who just, you know, needed the money of five grand to step on a guy's balls. But please, 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 please be careful whenever you are partaking in cock and ball torture and just know that there there's a huge risk. First of all, ripping off your dick. There's a lot of there's a lot of arteries a lot of veinage going on there. And if I'm not mistaken, you can definitely bleed out very quickly because of where, you know, the balls and, and where the veins of these, where your your penis is. So please just like mutilation to any part of your body is just a no-no for sexual gratification. And please, all these kinks and fetishes that I have expressed, there is help you know, please, please, please. Therapy is a thing. Talk about it. You know, don't be ashamed. I'm not trying to shame anyone out there, but just know the signs where it's no longer a, you know, a healthy, healthy fetish or kink, that this is something that can seriously cause damage to someone, not just yourself, but to others. When you're partaking in any of these fantasy plays, when the fantasy is no longer a fantasy and it's becoming a reality and you can scare somebody and not the scare horny way that I like you know just be mindful and, and seek the help that you need going to the the comments over here there's a whitest kid you know rip your dick off comedy sketch worth watching noted GV I noted 
but oh Lord, chesty. <laughs> I used to have a six inch dick until I ripped it off. I think I rip off my dick, you know, every once in a while when I'm done with it. Talking about my strap. <laughs> But yes, Moan is definitely a place. I, I would like to say that Moan is a safe space. And, you know, I am always happy to direct people to places. And just like Mistress K had directed us to some great, great resources. But, you know, I would like to say that Moan is definitely a safe space to direct, you know, those those thoughts, those impure thoughts where, you know, social media likes to shut us down. But I would always like to help people when I can. And if there's something that I cannot, you know, freely express and help, I'm sure that there are other people that come to these chats 100 percent all the time. Like there are resources, there are people to help. And I, I mean it when I say my DMs are always open. If I cannot help you, I can direct you to somebody that can help you. So with that said, because I'm actually going to get ready for my frights, going to Universal Horror Nights in a couple of hours and get mascara on. But I do want to say I hope you guys each enjoyed this horny for horror eargasm. I know we went into some wild, kinky aspects, but again, I want to just make sure that you guys had a good time first and foremost. Remember that safe sex is the best hot sex. And until next time, which I believe is next Saturday, next Saturday, let me make sure, go into my calendar, a little, little ear break. Yes, Horny for Horror is coming back next Saturday on the Moan Chat. It's going to be at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're going to be talking about Fuck, Mary and Kill Edition, so that's going to be more interactive. So I want you guys to think about all the horror, the horror characters in your life. It could be real, it could be fake, and I want you to know, I want to know, who do you want to fuck, Mary and kill from those lists? So yes, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I'll catch you guys next Saturday right here on Moan. Good night. Don't worry, earbuds and monsters. There's more Horny for Horror coming your way on October 9th. Fuck, Mary kill edition of Horny for Horror. Be sure to follow me on Moan at Ms. Radio Sapphire and on Instagram at Ms. Radio Sapphire and Sapphire's Earplay. Also visit MsRadioSapphire.com for your Sapphire's Earplay archives and much more.